We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Entering the Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings. Week 9, DraftKings Picks, Main Slate Preview. I'm in studio with Tyler Tambellini, at ToeTagandTambo of RunPureSports.com. Still on a heater. Congratulations, 61K. <laughs> Still running pure, yes. Back in the studio, though. It's nice. No uh, no audio only this week. We got the video, so we're here. Yeah, you were in the studio. Yeah, that's true. Week. We were in the studio, but we're back to video. So we we fired up the computer. The cord was broke. We got our new piece. We're back, so we don't have to put. <laughs> we don't have to go to Paul's house and get a webcam <laughs> to set up for the Sunday night show. We can have our regular setup again. He told me he was sitting beside you on another show and basically whispering in your ear while you were recording the show to help you produce it from standby. So Yes, we did that on Tuesday. For the, we were waiting for the piece to show up, and the piece showed up halfway through the show to my house where we were recording. But like Get Paul was like, I'm sitting here. Paul was right here. Yeah. <laughs> Switching the Not ideal. Not ideal. Jake and I. It's good to be back. It is. So play in the DraftKings Listeners League for the PME. It's down in the description. Still 1,000 spots available. We might have to make this smaller. 12,000? No, sorry. Ooh. There's 1,000 available. There uh, it's rake-free, so you should probably play in it. I'm guessing three max entry. Best tournament on DraftKings. Ever heard of it? Join it. Reserve your spots now because I w- I'd prefer to make it bigger, mm-hmm. not smaller. That would be my preference, but I guess people don't care. Anyway, are people out of money? Is that is that what's happening in week nine? I don't know. Because <laughs> the, the, the numbers for this show keep going. I love doing this show. People seem to really enjoy the, the back and forth on all of this. but It's definitely helped me. For some reason, it's the only sport, though, I can't close in. Like last week was close, had a good setup there with some two lineups, but didn't quite have the right 2v2 setup with, uh, you know, Mostert and someone I think it was Mostert and Marshall and I needed 
Foreman and Waddle, and you switch it around, you're good. So close call, but we'll get there this week, I think. I scored like 175 points last week and barely, no good. Ca- barely cash. No good. It yeah. was outrageous. So this usually <laughs> means this week is the, can you find the one guy with three touchdowns, like that Hawkinson week, where if you didn't mm-hmm. have Hawkinson, you were absolutely toast. Because we talked about it on the show last week, that hurt stack. I was like, oh man, the hurt stack. You convinced me to play the A.J. Brown. I had that in all my main lineups. Started didn't so matter. Good. Didn't matter. Didn't yeah. matter. Because you needed all of the pieces in order to come through. Runthesims.com slash mayo get you 10% off. The optimizer, the projections, they're all up to date as of now. Of course, they will get reprojected and run 10,000 times through the simulator once we get more information about all of these injuries. And the Hammer HQ, if you're curious about betting as a recreational, a pro better, there's lots of shows up on Hammer HQ right now, including ones with Rob Pozzola, Cam, and myself. Me, Cust, and Jeff have a show up there every single week. They're quick hitting. Highly recommend that you check it out. That's down in the description right now. Let's talk optimals. Who is in the optimal lineup this week? Heineke is the quarterback in the optimal this week, along with Curtis Samuel. You have Eckler and Kamara as your running backs. Obviously, T. Higgins and DeAndre Hopkins are going to be super projected based on their target share. And then the optimal loves double tight end. So that would be a rule I I would normally have to write in. But uh, Evan Ingram, Tyler Higby. They're both up near the top of all of this. But you had mentioned that Josh Allen is going to be very popular this week. And I do not agree with that. That, I mean, I don't, it's not that I don't agree that he'll be popular. I don't agree that he's like the play this week. Right. You don't agree he should be popular is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, He's definitely looking like the most popular quarterback just because a couple of things. One, defense, there's lots of options to pay down. We'll get to that later. Tight end, there's again, no Mark Andrews, no Kelsey on the slate. So I think it's, I think it's Zach Ertz is the highest priced one. So again, there's lots of cheap options at tight end. Running back, the popularity is really, again, I don't know what's going on with Eckler because he popped up on the injury report yesterday, but it was going to be him. And then the mid tier, if it, even if it is him still and he does play fine, but the mid tier is very popular there. So you just have the room to get to Josh Allen here. No problem. And then you talked about it, like maybe a one-off instead of going with those stacks but others will include that in their stacks so maybe they think sauce shuts down digs they can plug in a gabe davis and a Knox for pretty cheap or fair priced on this slate and then still be able to afford josh allen up top i i had run the sims on the monday night game and sunday night game because camara is not i heard you mention camara i wasn't gonna call you out it's etn who is in that spot yes uh rather than but eckler is gonna eckler should be the highest known guy on the slate if he's playing if he doesn't play though who do we go with sony Oh, God, no. Definitely. I just avoid that situation. I'm going to stick to the passing game there. One thing I will say to your Josh Allen point is one of the reasons I sort of side with you at least a little bit there. I can't get away from Josh Allen. I talked a little bit to this with you before the show about like in Showdown, again, where people play one guy and commit to it. You could commit some to another guy instead. You don't have to go all in on it. And Herbert would be that other guy here going up against Atlanta, especially if we, you know, whether... Eckler's in or out. Um, if he's in, I'm going with him. If he's not, I still like the other option. It just tightens it up even more because Keenan Allen looks, to me, at least doubtful. He's not playing. Yeah, so I don't think he's playing. And then you've got like Carter, Palmer, guys that I'm actually okay with because they make the cheap, they make the stack cheaper and it condenses the target tree for who Herbert has to go to here. It's Atlanta that they're playing. So good matchup. Well, it's funny because you had mentioned Josh Allen. I just assumed with Williams and probably Keenan Allen out that the Herbert stacks would be what everyone goes to. I think they'll they'll definitely still be popular. Because um, you can do Palmer. It's Car- not showing as much right now, but yeah, you can get there really cheap. You can do Herbert, Carter, Palmer, and you still have 5,600 left per player. Yeah. That's pretty good. And the tight ends aren't expensive on this slate. Like, they're they're below the average based on what the number you just gave. Defense makes it even cheaper. You get all the money in the world to get your mid-tier running backs in there. It's a very strong build. 
What I would say this, Pat, too, because you talked about it a little bit earlier, but last week, for example, like two of Stacks won the slate, right? Yeah. But if you looked at the optimal, this may surprise some, there was actually no Miami guys in the optimal lineup last week. Who was the The wide receivers ended up being like A.J. Brown, Hopkins, and maybe Garrett Wilson, the way it shook out with the overall construction. So just, and Justin Fields for 5,200, like it, it made it all work in the optimal that scored 291 that you didn't need them. But again, we play the game against everybody else. Of course, the two stacks rose to the top. That's what's interesting about this setup and a couple more stacks we'll get into later because when you have Herbert, those two cheap wide receivers, you talked about the average that's left. There's not even a tight end at that price. You have to go down. There's defenses that are definitely affordable at the bottom. You're going to be able to fit all these running backs that we like where there's a, a lot of options there as well. So my point being, regardless of if it's the best on the slate it may and optimal, it may end up being the best tournament winning stacks because of what you can fit with it. Herbert, Carter, Palmer, Evan Ingram at tight end, Seahawks D at 2500 bucks. We now have $6,900 right. per two running backs, a receiver, and a flex. Yeah. So what four studs do you want? Exactly. And when you talk running backs, like we'll get there, but like you said, the, the ones that are popular, but ETN, Mixon, Jacobs, Kenneth Walker, AJ, or sorry, Aaron Jones or AJ Dillon, whoever you decide there. My point being in those good matchups, they're all very affordable within that average you just talked about. And there's going to be a cheap wide, you know, a, at least a 4K or 5K wide receiver that you'd feel comfortable with if you wanted to jam another one in the flex or another stud in the flex. So yeah, lots of options with this stack. Let's talk about that showdown strategy that, uh, I mean, I just showdown, but strategy in general, you win the 61K on, and I, I on Thursday night, uh, everyone should watch the Fantasy Football Picks and Bet Show on Mayo Media Network, by the way, because Tambo is doing the Thursday night preview yeah. for all that stuff. I assume you gave out the optimal lineup in that, you know. Not, not quite the optimal, but I did talk a little bit about sort of the, a guy like Smith or Goddard in the captain end up being Goddard that worked out, but that was one of the takes last night was... On that slate with with a, slate, with a team like Philadelphia, where they have just all these options. Not that Houston didn't have options. They did. They literally dressed four tight ends on the slate. But the point being, when everyone's trying to decide the cheapies, what that lineup did is allow for you to still fill in the volume. So for those that don't know, the winning lineup was Goddard at the captain, Hertz in the flex, who made perfect sense. So you want to pair him up with your pass catcher. I had Gainwell which was squeezed between Sanders at the top and Boston Scott at the bottom. So in the balanced build, he made sense. And I thought, what if they want to save Sanders, keep him a little bit healthy? It's not like Sanders goes off all the time. He has like three or four good games in the last two years, but he doesn't score a bunch. And then what that allowed me to do is get what I thought the offense was going to be on the other side was Davis Mills, the quarterback. Of course, he gets the ball in his hands every play. You got uh, Damian Pierce, the guy that I expect them to run quite a bit. And then Chris Moore worked out. And I thought with him being in the slot and with the way Philly's coming at you with those blitzes and stuff, that he would be the guy just to pick up the chunk plays along the way. He actually ended up scoring a touchdown, but it was a 3-3 build. Most were on Philly's 5-1 or 4-2. It was a balanced build, completely avoiding the cheapies. And it was a Jalen Hurts build that did not include A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith, who almost everybody playing him in captain or flex had probably at least one of those guys in there. And I opted to go with the pass catcher in the tight end in Goddard instead. So what I had made mention to you was if you played 150 lineups, if I was going to play my lineup, I probably wouldn't have got to gain well and played a backup running back in that circumstance. And then you kind of spelled it out. It's like, why wouldn't you? Yeah, the point being for those listening, like you said, you might play just one lineup, right? And I'm playing 150. I had a member from Rumpier Sports get there on four lineups. He went this way, but I think he took the strategy of what we preach and what we talk about a lot is like if you are only playing one lineup, if it's in the lottery tournament, what I mean by that, the largest the millionaire field, that $15 maker, whatever with 500K up top, 
I have no clue why you're playing the one lineup to just pair, pair it up and tie with everybody else. We joke all the time about the uniques and the dupe bros, and we dupe a lot because we put out the, the cores and the content, and people can find their way to a similar lineup as us, and we go through it on the shows. But... If you're just putting your 15 bucks in, it's like instead of going to dinner tonight or instead of going to the movies or whatever it might be, your entertainment money, I have no clue why you're not playing like what I did. Try and play something that is completely off the board and unique so that at least if it hits, you've turned 15 bucks into 61K. That's what I'm saying where you should try and get to something like that on such low such a low buy-in where you're just throwing the money away. Don't try and build the same lineup as everybody else. That's my opinion. I think it's right, but everyone has their own opinion on what they want to do with their money and play it safe. I just would rather try and go for the gusto and win it all if you're doing that. And that's not to say, as you mentioned, that's for the lottery tournament where you need to have the nuts or you're not going to make any money whatsoever. This isn't for a $100 single entry with 70 people. Yes, if you have your $100 in with your 100 people and you're doing that, then by all means, or if you want to play a cash game where you're just saying, I just want to double or triple up my money tonight by playing a, a triple up or a double up in a cash style, then you don't have to go there. But to me, it wasn't too cute at all. I just explained the whole breakdown of how I, I got to it. Like, I, and no, not you weren't saying it. I'm saying for others that look at it like, how did he get to that build? Like, I just went through it. And everyone's like, I, I don't understand the build. You didn't have any of his receivers. Like, well, there's only two. It's A.J. Brown, it's Devontae Smith. Houston secondary is not horrible. The Houston's not a good team, but I could see where they could at least hold them down at those price tags. And you and need the, Goddard to outscore them. The whole concept of the build was exactly that. And the idea was to, in that build, to avoid the cheapies where everyone's trying to decide on the four tight ends, the um, the Tyron Johnsons, the Jalen Camps. Like there's a bunch of options on Houston and on the other side where people were plugging those in. I didn't need to do that in that build. And it was conceivable to me that Gainwell could get a lot of run here in this spot. And what if they get up late in the game? he can still get there in that spot too. So I really like the build overall. It ended up working out great. I was happy with it, but I think that's what you have to look at when you're playing even just limited buy-ins. Think about the strategy. It's not, as I always say, Pat, not who you play. It's how you play them. Nothing was more true than that last night. They were good guys to play. We just, I just played it in a completely unique way. Looking at the most optimal versus ownership as we sit here on a Friday trying to figure all this out, and there might be a few injuries that come up. It doesn't seem like James Conner might play this week. Right. As it stands right now, I mean, he might not play this week, but we just don't know. I would expect him to be in, but you never know with this stuff. Keenan Allen might play. I don't think he's going to play, but he might play, and then that changes a lot of this. But ETN stands out above everyone this week. When I ran this, ran my projections 10,000 times, he appears in the optimal lineup almost 30% of the time. Yeah. At $6,300 against Vegas. Is he going to be like 50% owned? I don't know. That's one thing I will say about this week. That's, I mean, he's definitely, to me, going to be the highest owned, but I don't think it's a week like the last two where we see someone get to that 40% plus because of all the other options that I think, at least I think we have there. Maybe others don't feel this way. But again, even if he's getting plugged in like that, Pat, I'm not a guy like we're due for this to happen, but man, like how is he going to get the, He's It's going for his third week in a row of doing this. I know he's basically mini Camara, who you mentioned earlier is not on the slate, but point being, he's funny that he fills in for him. He's playing the same team Camara played last week. So he fills in for him in the optimals for that reason. He's sort of the same style. Like he can catch a few passes, take him to the house. Like he, you, you could see that happen, but don't you just think there's some optionality here to go to a guy like Trevor Lawrence in this matchup? They get crushed in the slot. You can play Christian Kirk. 
They get crushed at tight end. You can play Evan Ingram. Like that is a cheap stack. And now you can get your Josh Jacobs or your Devontae Adams or something on the other side. And you just leverage up what many are doing at the running back slate and start fitting your studs in that way too. You could go that route with it. But if you just wanted to make your ETN lineups a bit more unique, could you just play Lawrence with ETN and hope it's a, you could do that hope too. it's a passing touchdown? Because you Definitely. said he's like, yeah. if you played Dalton with Camaro last week, it would have worked out well. Yeah, no problem with that either. That's what I, that's exactly what I mean. Like that's, that's the whole point of the setup is how do you use it? It's not who you play, how you play. Can you play him with Trevor Lawrence? Yes. Can you go against it and not play him and use another stack that leverages it? Yes. So, I mean, there's other options that you can at least use with him, but I do think it's pretty interesting spot because also Jacobs, not a lot of people like to use two running backs in the same game and Jacobs kind of, you know, well, he he didn't come through for people last week. So I have him at 23% ownership right now, the second highest running back. So I'm guessing a lot of people will use ETN and Jacobs as the back and forth in that game. Yeah, maybe they do. If that's the case, as I said, you just go off both of them. I would I'd prefer, if that's the case, especially in something like single entry, to go away from it, actually. Because even last week, you do see this as a common theme. Last week, Mostert was used quite a bit. Like, a lot of people played, and, and myself included, you play Tua with Mostert and with one of Waddle or Tyreek, with the idea being that you don't know if both wide receivers are going to get there. They have seemingly all season. I had lineups with that, but my point being the other side was two and them do work, and then Mostert gets his shots as well and gets into the end zone. Didn't happen, but I could see people going to that here. I would prefer to go Lawrence, Kirk, Ingram, or Zay Jones and just stay off ETN in those stacks. Just, just an example. Zay Jones is the one that does pop up. Zay Jones and Christian Kirk are both inside the top 15 of all players in terms of optimal rate this week. They come in at round, let's see, Zay Jones is 12.2 right now, and Christian Kirk is 11.7. So that makes sense to me yeah. in that spot. But the other guys who are near the top, it goes ETN, Higgins, Eckler, Mixon, DeAndre Hopkins, Ken Walker. How popular do you think is going to be Hopkins, Ken Walker, and that's all people use in that game? Yeah, that'll be popular. Also, I think when we get to tight end, there's options that you can stack with your quarterbacks, but Ertz stands out. People are talking about the red zone usage. I know Hopkins is back, but people are still going there. And you can you can easily afford Ertz, so you can see Ertz, Ken Walker as another one. By the way, Zay Jones, revenge game too. So maybe we can go back. He played for the Raiders, oh, yeah, right? That's so. right. I could see people going there, but he may be the guy. Well, last week you said this, and it usually is true. Rondell Moore, not very good, maybe. And then he goes and has a good game. Maybe it's Zay Jones this week, but I don't think he's very good. The optimizers and stuff always want to give you Zay Jones, but I, like I said, prefer Kirk and Ingram in those stacks before I would go to Jones. So points per dollar-wise at running back, it's Eckler, ETN, Mixon, Aaron Jones, Eno Benjamin for the moment, assuming that there's not going to be James Conner. I even think that's probably too high. Anyway, yeah. because I, I guess Daryl Williams now was placed on injured reserve, so it's just going to be him. But that's a tough that that has to be a late swap scenario. That's a later game. We don't know about if we don't have information about Connor. That is, yeah, he he's got a, he was a game time decision ten days ago, and, and he's practicing this week. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like he's going to play. Yeah, so that leaves a couple other ones just below that threshold who I think are interesting. Like Jacobs is getting a bunch of ownership it looks like at the moment but you still have Fournette you still have Gibson doesn't look like McKissick's gonna play so now it's between Gibson and Brian Robinson and honestly Gibson just looked a lot better Mm -hmm. Foreman we have the return of Chuba Hubbard so now no one wants to play Foreman I still think Foreman's gonna be the lead in that backfield sort of like Ramondre Stevenson there's all these guys in this low six thousand dollar area everyone loves Stevenson without Harris Harris hasn't done a ton since he came back as long as he doesn't get every goal line carry Stevenson can be great in this matchup it is possible. That's the one. It's always scary because with the Patriots, I, I think it's kind of a good angle, though, to take on the Foreman situation that you mentioned because Hubbard just coming back, assuming he does, then it's like 
you've got Foreman there who just showed that he can do it last week and was so solid, but now people aren't really going to go there or they're going to move off when usually we've been sticking with a guy and staying with him. But because of Etienne, Mixon, Jacobs, Walker, the Green Bay guys, all that stuff, it leaves him a little bit out. And I actually don't mind it. And when we talk about defense later, I'm not so sure the Cincinnati team is going to bounce back like everybody else thinks. And Carolina Mm. is a popular, it's not a super popular option, but it's a good option that you could go to down there for cheap, even pair him with Foreman if you wanted. Chubb just ran all over these guys too. Don't forget, it is a good matchup on the ground. So I don't know if you're scared of Hubbard, fine. But Foreman to me is a good tournament play to go back to and just ride him again. So those would be sort of the running backs that I would be wanting to fill. Is there any cheap running back that you like here? Like, what about Michael Carter again? Like, Gibson is 5,500. Michael Carter is 5,500 bucks. I expect a huge pass-happy script from the Jets here. Not that Zach Wilson can complete any passes, but Carter was the guy. He had seven targets last week. That could be more this week because they're probably going to be down from the shoot. It could be double-digit targets out of that backfield. I don't know what the upside is versus some of the better plays there. How do you parse that? Because Gibson's still scoring touchdowns, and he's being used in the receiving game in what's still likely to be a negative game script against Minnesota. Yeah, I don't like either, to be honest. I mean, it's tough. It's just more of an avoid for me because I think on the Jets, you want some of these passing options, like go back to Garrett Wilson or Conklin if you wanted. I really don't care. I know people don't want to chase, but that's my point as always, that they don't need to put up the same game they did last week to be valuable on this slate. I'm not going heavily there, but I'm saying, especially if you're going with those stacks, it's not Carter on the other side for me that I want. I know they could check it down to him a bunch, but for me, I like the other guys that we already talked about up top. I guess here's the thing, like the one that I worry about because they traded Edmonds. So I wanted to play Mostert this week on flop leg. I'm pumped when I see them trade Edmonds away. And then moments later, it's like, oh, by the way, they also traded and got Jeff Wilson Jr. And I'm like, oh, come on. Like, because this is the matchup Pollard just smashed. It's definitely a good matchup on the ground. You've got Miami with Tyreek and with Tua and all those guys that people are going to want to go right back to. And I got no problem with it, but I'm saying I I do think the running game could be a part of it as well. So I kind of like that. Eckler, who we already talked about. Foreman I had on my list. CPAT maybe coming back? Is he getting activated? I See, I don't know. So there's two really weird things here. You have CPAT, who might get activated for this game. And then you have Jonathan Taylor, who hasn't been practicing. Mm-hmm. So then all of a sudden, if he's out, no Naheem Hines, Deion Jackson's 5200 bucks. Yeah. And he would have to be, I would say, a must play. I, I would like him more. Again, like I said, I think we've got so many options up in that 6K range and above that you can go to, but I would say that he would be a good option, especially if we have that scenario, because it's not like everything else. To me, it's like, people, oh, I don't know about the situation, but when they got rid of Hines and if they don't have Taylor, that's the situation you want to love at that price. That's like the foreman of last week in that price range with nobody else there. That's the thing two second sidebar here on these chalk running backs and stuff that keep happening right every week. It's like, Oh, the cash game running backs are winning. But if you just think about the spots that they're in. So what was it last week? It was Camara Pollard, Pollard Foreman and Foreman. Let's say those three. It was those three Camara, no Landry, no Michael Thomas. The situation is he's already been getting the volume and hasn't been scoring touchdowns. When you just go back, this is not just results oriented. It's like, just think of the situation, how good that was. 7,100 perfect spot. The next one, Pollard. No Zeke, been waiting for this forever. One of the best matchups, O-line versus D-line mismatches on paper to smash these Bears. What did he do? He smashed. Okay, there. Fine play. And then the last one was Foreman. No Hubbard. Good matchup. Super cheap. One of the best value spots like what we're talking about on the slate. If this happens to open up, I don't mean you have to go all in. I'm just saying I don't get mad if it gets there on people because the spot is good and it's just a, a, a running back value play based on a situational spot where you've got injuries and, and stuff that work in his favor. So I don't know. I just keep thinking of it like that. If you really bear down the slate to those reasonings, that's why these spots are hitting. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Let's go to stacks. Love stacks. Of course. What are the stacks that we want to play? So I'm going to throw one out here at you right now. Because I actually like Gibson more than you do. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out how to incorporate what's going on with Washington. Because I, I don't necessarily want to play Heineke. But I think that Cousins, yeah. Jefferson, and McLaurin, Samuel, take your pick of whoever it is. I don't know how much Hawkinson's going to be used this week. Like, do, are, do, are we for sure going to see him active? I think so. Would yeah. you use him? I will. Yeah, I, I was going to tell you that too when you said Heineke off the top. Can't do that, but I can definitely go with Cousins. With Jefferson, it's affordable on this site. We, we saw how you can find money on this site. He's a stud that I definitely want to get up to. Uh, he's another guy. He was actually talking in interviews this week, and I take this stuff, I don't know, like it's gut feel stuff too, but you know, watching it and listening and trying to take the information and do it with what I can. He said like people aren't getting it, how important these touchdowns are to a guy like him. Like That matters the most. He's a receiver. Yes, the yards and the pickups and all that happen, and they help your fantasy team and all these things, but... You, he wants the touchdowns. He's been close down on the one a couple times. He knows about it. He's talked about it in the interview. I could see him getting a touchdown or two here. So I like it. It's not like they're not going to target him anyway. It's not rocket size. But for yeah. some reason, people don't play Jefferson like they do the other guys. And I get it. Look at what Tyreek's doing right now, and he's cheaper. So the point being, when you're stacking it up, I like him better in the stack because he's going to drag Cousins along. You got Cousins, him, Hawkinson, if you want, you don't have to, but I feel like one, Cousins loves his tight ends. Two, they don't have Irv. Like he's out month, caught a touchdown last week, fine. But even that's not going to do as much as a guy like Hawkinson who might pick up the targets here. So you don't have to double stack it, but if you were, that's the way I would go. And then you talked about options on the other side. I believe Dotson is going to be out. Yes. 
So you got Samuel, McLaurin, McLaurin Gibson. and Gibson if you want. I, I really don't have a problem with it. I'm just saying it's that's where you're kind of picking and choosing because what if you know Robinson's doing it on the ground and that's what kickstarts it? It's tough to say on that side. I prefer McLaurin or Samuel, but just an option, right, that you've got. Green Bay and Detroit. It seems like everyone's stacking up. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is the second projected at the moment highest owned quarterback, which absolutely blew me away. Yeah. Should we just go to the other side? Oh, God. I don't know about the, that. The goof at home? The goof at home has been great. <sighs> I wrote it down here last week when we talked about this. I'm writing it down again when we talk about this because the one thing I did think about is what you can do, and we love Amon Ra, so I got to put that in. And is, he, then, is he okay? Yeah, he should be fine. I think so. I think he was fine last week. I think it just didn't work out. But And, and who's their tight end now? Mitchell? Because Brock Wright's injured as well. Uh, yeah, what I'm hoping though James, is... James Mitchell, 2500 bucks. Yeah, so listen, I was going to bring this up later, but the I actually hope Brock Wright plays because that's who everyone thinks it is, but I think it's this Mitchell guy. And, and so now that you said that, it just clicked in my mind as I'm listening to it. That's why I love doing these shows. We get ideas and we think about them as we go, but you go Goff, Amonra, and Mitchell. It's so cheap. It's in the exact same spot, the same game. If Green, if Green Bay is going off, it's pushing the other sides because something's happening in the back and forth. So instead of doing it, then you can still play your Aaron Jones or your Lazard or your Dobbs or whatever you choose on the other side. Also, a lot are playing Tunyon this week. Not like he's some crazy chalk piece. I'm just saying that's what people are thinking of when they're thinking of this spot. Why not go to the other side and mix it up that way? And I, I don't hate it at all, actually. So If you were to play like a 3-1 Detroit side, then with the Green Bay comeback, is it Aaron Jones or is it Lazard? Or is it Dobbs? I think it's Lazard over Dobbs. Probably. He's cheap to 6,000 for a wide receiver one that's now going to be back and good to go, I Against believe. The, so, like the worst defense of all time. Yeah. Prefer that. Like I said, I don't mind either, but uh, actually, I don't even mind a, a five man game stack, to be honest. So, just making notes as we go. But I, I really think that's a good way to go about it. And it doesn't feel, Pat, to me like this week is going to be that's the game stack that everyone thinks is sneaky that is not. It doesn't feel like that to me because what are, like other people are going to these other games. There's only 10 games, but there's stackable situations as we continue to talk through it where I think they would go to others. So maybe this is the spot that you can get away with it. I don't like the bill stack. This right. Is, this if you already don't like that, this has, I, I, to be, I don't. Like, this has to be included on one of your spots. I just like the Jets defense. And this isn't to say the Jets are going to win this game. Okay. Because I don't think the Jets are going to score because the Bills have the best defense in the league. So yeah. But I just think that the between Sauce and the way that they've been able to bracket receivers, there's one guy from this game that I'm going to play and Paul mentioned this too that maybe it's not good. It's Isaiah McKenzie because this is where the Jets just get dink and dunked on the entire time. Little crossing routes over the middle. We saw Jacoby Myers do it to them. That's what McKenzie's going to do. Unless Naheem Hines steps in, plays the slot, and completely blows out. I might just stay away from the game in general. But like the Bills on the road outside of Kansas City really haven't put up a ton of points. I don't know. I just I have a bad feeling about this. Do you have a good feeling about the Jets D at the stone minimum, $2,000? Because I'll definitely be using them. I was going to bring that up later when we talk Ds, but man, there's no way to avoid it. If you're not stacking this game, you should definitely have interest in that. It's 2000 bucks. So allows you to do even more. It does. So you have the Jets down there, I think are usable. You would mention the Panthers. I think the Panthers are probably going to be one of the most popular defenses this week. Like optimizers are spitting them out. The yeah. you know, Cincinnati looks so bad. It's a short week, no chase. That makes a ton of sense to me. I like the Seahawks at 25. Yeah, Seahawks. Are Arizona, team. a team that is built on giving the other team the ball. I liked someone else, but I'm not seeing them pop. Oh, like, they're they're actually picking up steam now too. But they're 2400 is the Commanders. 
They're a hundred bucks more than the Panthers, but you got them going against Kirk Cousins. Everyone is all in on the Commanders, like winning this week, covering the spread. That's why I kind of like the Minnesota side. Just like maybe yeah. Minnesota stomps them because they're not good. Yeah, it's definitely possible. Chase Young playing. I think that was the reason that people are interested in this too. I believe they're going to activate him. I don't know if they did yet. I have to look that up still, but I, I, I look for defensive stuff way later in the week. Sometimes that's the best way to get after it. You'll see O-linemen that are ruled out Sunday morning and stuff like that, where it's like people aren't adapting that. The lines in Vegas aren't necessarily adapting to that. Things aren't seeing it, but that's where you can get a leg up with defense against that spot. So we'll wait and see, but um, I didn't look at it yet, but it's at least interesting. The, the, all these teams are getting talked about a little bit. It actually looks like the Bucks. At 3,000, I know we're going all over the place. We'll get to D later, but the Bucks are picking up steam as well at 3,000 against Stafford and co. That makes sense. They're my super lock this week against the spread. I yeah. love Tampa Bay. I was actually thinking about the Brady, Brady, Godwin, Evans against the Rams, who are horrible. Yeah, I wrote it up as a maybe here, but I don't know. Brady, man, he's just been a statue. Even if he gets two he, touchdowns, he still three like, touchdowns. It is, like, but he's still, like, he still has the second most passing yards in the league. They're not cutting it, though. When yeah, because the they're not are, scoring touchdowns. Yeah, you got to score the touchdowns, and the guys that are scoring the touchdowns are rushing, too. Like, it's it's hard to get there, but I get it. I understand the spot. I'm just saying that's why it makes it tougher. I was looking at, what about the uh, some of the other ones people are mentioning, like the Burrow bounce backs? Don't love it. Although T keeps getting put out as, like, the best receiver value on the board. Yeah. Well, no chase, of course, is going to be that way. And you know, but the- do we do we believe that though? Because we're just you know, projecting target share onto him, touchdown share onto him that would normally be going to chase out of that. But is he just in a different situation where he's not chase? He's now the number one. He is the focal point. Like projections don't necessarily. Well, yeah. And, but sometimes you're just like, yeah, screw it. Just he, He's going to get a bunch of targets, play him. Well, people just also won't listen. I love Jamar Chase as much as the next person. Like, he's incredible. But the numbers actually show Higgins has been as good as him. All Like, we talked about this in the yeah, past. Yeah, all yes, the stats, yeah, all the but, stats but that's, they play that's together, play, that's he's pl- been the same. But that's playing together. Yeah. Because teams, anyone who watches the games knows that Jamar Chase is better than T. Higgins. True. Not, not, not stat-wise. Yes. Stat-wise, they're about equal. But when you're a defense and you're preparing for a team, like, got to take that guy out. Yes. And then T. Higgins get the, gets the softer That cover. is a true factor for this and for everything. But They both make each other because Better. that's what ends up happening. Yeah. When one guy's open for this one. Now they decide to get on hand. They, they have multiple weapons. They don't have that now, which is hence why I think the Carolina D is popular for good reason. I, the O-line, people keep saying, oh, another week, they'll figure it out. They've been yeah. trying to figure it out for weeks. We're on week nine here. Like, this has not been figured out. They're taking sacks like crazy. So... There is that thought. The only thing I will say, Pat, that's interesting is because tight end is a bit of a mess this week. There's all these cheap options, but Hurst is pretty cheap. Decent spot. He fits the stack. Whether you want to use Higgins or Boyd, up to you. My point being, though, when you stack that, who do we got on the other side? DJ Moore coming off the, uh, what everyone's calling the, or, the or mistakes Foreman. made, or Foreman that we talked. Even, by the way, Terrace Marshall Jr., who we loved last week, he was beating Moore to that last play. And I know it's, you know, it doesn't matter if you win by an inch or a mile and then DJ Moore crushed him. It was a 17-point play, DraftKings scoring, by the way, that uh, that last play where then he took his helmet off and ended up going to OT and all those factors. But the point being, there is guys there to stack, to run it back with, and I think it's a good good game or matchup to run it back. You don't have to, but I, I just think it's a good spot, the way to use those guys. Do you think people will be scared off Seattle, Arizona because of what happened in Seattle two weeks ago? Maybe. Yeah, that could be another thing. That's where I was trying to say earlier. That was the one I was thinking of, actually, at the top of my mind. Because you have that game, are people gonna? Is the Green Bay Detroit one gonna be one that just stands out where you can overstack it, and that's the game people prefer to overstack, or is it the other way around? My thinking though is because Hopkins is back, 
you, you people would prefer to go there. You can use Rondale more. You can use other spots in that game, the tight ends, Seattle side, etc. So I'm just not sure Kenneth Walker's popular. See, I think I would rather do the Seattle side without Kenneth Walker. Hopefully it's not a big game from him and then try to figure out what to do on the Arizona side. Who do side. you use? I mean, if there's no Connor, you know. No, sorry. Who do you use on the Seattle side? Because now you're talking about going Gino. Oh, G- Gino, Lockett, DK. Yeah, D- they shut down number ones. Like, DK is not having a big week, I don't think. This is legit eight weeks in now. Where yeah, and with the last time they played, it was everyone else. Fant. I, I, I think I would go with Fant and Lockett and try and get there on the PPR with Lockett, but maybe a touchdown, and then it, Fant as if well. If I for... knew it was Fant. Well, it could be Disley. It, or it could be some other jipper. Parkinson. That's the other guy. They have three <laughs> tight ends that they use. Like, yeah. I don't know if I want to take a shot on one of their – like, if it was showdown, sure. But on a main yeah. slate, there's just better options at tight end. That's the thing, and I don't just don't know if there is. I think that there's other stacking options, but again, when you're talking about doing it with Gino, pick one and go with it, like Fant or Disley, and take a shot. I'm just saying. I would prefer Lockett over DK for both the value yeah, like and that. what he brings to the table. I think he's just we saw him last week. He's open every single. I think point. he can get loose and get open. Or not that DK can't. It's just like I said, I do believe this. But he's has a been, focal point. Yeah, and it makes sense for them to clamp down on DK. It's like you said, the Chase Higgins situation. Both are there. Why not clamp down on one? The more I thought about it, and then the thing at tight end, you just you're taking a shot. But what I love about it is its opposite side of Ertz. Where not saying like Ertz is going to be the most popular on the slate or anything, but at his price, where there's value to you, like you can get up to him no problem. What's he showing right now for ownership? Actually, not as not much as, as much five percent. Yeah, he is low at 5,100. Maybe it's because people want to play these cheaper. No, because no, Pitts is playing. Pitts is the most popular tight end every week somehow. Yeah, people, I mean, I'm seeing like Ingram, I got, Tunyon, I got Hurst. Pitt, I got Pitts, Higby, Tunyon, Hurst, Knox. Yeah, Higby's up there. So, yeah, I mean, look, people are going to go to the cheaper tight ends, but guess who's not up there? Seattle guys. Fant is at like 5%. So that, That's di- too high. That, that means Disley's even less. For based on what he has done this year, that is way too high. Yeah, no but you're not playing play him. Fant. No one's saying to play Fant. People are saying to play Fant in Geno stacks. Me. That's what I'm saying. And you can pick Disley if you want. What I'm saying is I want to avoid DK and go to lock it, and I want to double stack it if I'm doing it. So I would prefer as a way to use Hopkins for cheap to go Geno, lock it, pick your tight end, and run it back. You don't even have to run it back, but I, I prefer to double stack in large field like I talked about plenty of times on this show. So if you're going to that side, I think you're going to have to make a stand and pick a tight end. I don't know if I love that then. That's the, that's the other thing. Avoid, <laughs> yeah. avoid. But now that makes me think the more we talk through it and you're cringing, like look cringing at some of the plays and things like that. It's true. Everyone is probably thinking that same way, which makes me think that this Arizona Seattle game is actually not going to get stacked up. Like what we talked about on previous when they played the first time. And the numbers would reflect that like Gino 9%, Kyle or 6%. You know what the best part is, too? I was just thinking out loud while you're talking is that I was here for that week. Remember, we all needed. I was like, I'm betting the under because yeah. now we already know what's going to happen. This feels like the opposite. And when division games happen, it's op- it's it's usually opposite, right? It's like one game is good. One game is bad. So oftentimes, it's the first game. They don't know much about each other. So it's really sloppy and they score a bunch. And then the second one tightens up. This was the opposite. These teams know each other quite well. So it could happen again. But I also think it's interesting to go the other way with it and set it up that way. You could even stack the Kyler side. Now that it's got a little bit more tightened up with Hopkins being back, to me it's like Hopkins, Ertz, Ertz, Rondale Moore, and if you want to take a shot on Robbie Anderson, you can. But I'm so when you're stacking enough lineups with it and you're only using those four and skipping over, deciding what to do with the running back, you would also leave yourself late swap spots for if you want to move around and say, okay, I don't want Rondale Moore anymore or Rondale and Lockett. I'm going to go to, if Lockett was in the flex, I'm going to go to James Conner now that he's playing and somebody else. You, you could switch it up that way. So... Don't hate that either, actually. That's that's a little bit of an interesting side to go with that game 
Vegas and Jacksonville has a 48 projected total. And yeah. like you mentioned with the Lawrence, it doesn't seem like anyone wants a part of this game. In- interesting, I do. Uh, Lawrence is, I think, 52 or 5,300 this week. He's cheap. He's averaging like 18 DraftKings points a game. Points per dollar, he's the second best on the slate behind Heineke. Yeah, and we have easy stacking targets with him. I'm very glad that Tennessee is in the Sunday night game because I would play so much Malik Willis this week <laughs> if this was on the main slate, if, he, if he's for sure playing. Can't wait, baby. Showdown. Let's I, go. He's captain him. He's going to <laughs> score 500 fantasy points in garbage time. Okay. They're going to get down by – you're going to need the, the right Chiefs to score all the points, and then it's going to be Willis time. He's going to rush for 200 yards. All right. They're, they're going to play their, their JV defense, and he'll destroy them. He'll suck against, like, the regular defense. But I'll, that's uh, that's my note on the showdown. An ode to Pat. If I hit this one, I'll take care. I just thought of something when you said that, so we're good. Lawrence, Kyler, like the more I, we kind of talked about it, I kind of want to go back to the first one that we mentioned, these Herbert stacks with the jabroni receivers. I, I think it's the play. I think that's my favorite thing to do right now. I love it. And again, and no I, one seems to be doing it. <laughs> yeah, and if you, even if Eckler's in or out, it's fine. Would you, would you want to play Eckler with Herbert? Oh, yeah, definitely. So Assuming that it's still, I mean, Mike Will is for sure still out, and Allen is doubtful to me. So, yes, I would definitely want him in. He's been, look he, at his numbers. He do a four-man? can do whatever you want, especially yep. when those guys are cheap. Herbert, Eckler, Carter, Palmer, and then figure yeah. out. If you want, I prefer to at most one those second two that you mentioned in or Everett. in, in Eckler stacks. If Parham if is out, you could go Everett as well. Yeah, th- these guys always mess everything up. There's enough tight end options and secondary stacks that you can do there. That if I, Yeah, but I'm just saying as a part of a stack like Noah Fant, you got to put him in, right? You don't have to with, with this guy. It's totally different. But he's actually better. Oh, he's better for <laughs> sure. But I'm saying it's different. It's a different stack here. We already have the options. I like if Eckler's in to make some lineups where it is just Herbert, Carter in the slot, Palmer outside crush them they suck either way so crush them there and then you've got you know you don't have, you don't you don't have to run back atlanta this is the one to remember yeah i that's exactly you don't have what to i was run thinking. back i know that pits will look good in that stack and you can do it what i'm, if, I'm just saying you don't have to if c pat is back i like him I, I like him to an extent i think that they've figured out something with this running back rotation that they just like it yeah that it might not just be 20 carries for Cordero Patterson. I, I just like him because there's almost a floor. Assuming we get, well, again, we'll wait and hear what we he are. I mean, he very sneakily does not catch passes because that team doesn't throw. Right, but he, he usually has some sort of, like his scoring is, what, 5 or 30, like it feels like. And I, I like guys like that in tournaments when I feel good about the other side, which I do very clearly feel good about the Herbert stack. So it's like I'm not going to run it back always. And it'll be probably at most one where I put like, if I get a guy, so be it. But I would like him in some because of that upside that he brings. And if it is him bringing it, Pat, that should pick up the pace even more in that game. That really helps our stack on the other side. If I was going to bring him, bring back the stack, I think I just used Demir Bird at 3,500 bucks. They throw to him deep three times a game. Yeah. That's his only route that he runs. Just Coco beware. You're the fastest man alive. Just go get behind this defense. And here's the sneaky thing. But the Chargers defense really banged up. J.C. Jackson's out yeah. for the year, although he was no good anyway, maybe because he was hurt. But you can get behind him. That's not a problem. Yep, and here comes Olamide Zacchaeus to bust the slate or something at 4,100. Or, so. De- or Demir Bird at 3,500. Could be. Because Zacchaeus is running those underneath routes. Like when you look at his route tree, Bird's just running goes. Yeah, if he gets like it, he it's gets, gone. He's yeah. like, I used to play Ted like in 2016, 17. Leone used to always come on and just laugh at me. Every week I'd be <laughs> like, you got to play Ted Ginn. Because like, if he hits, he's going to score 25 points. Yeah. It'll be like that 
it's no different than the DJ Moore thing. He scored 17 DraftKings points one play. on one play. That's what Demir Bird's because he got him the you. bonus, the yardage, sure, the catch, but and like, the touchdown. Yeah, but sure. But he's also he was also 5200 last week at 3500. If you get the one catch for 65 yards and a touchdown, oh, it's I think you take it. You, oh, you not just take it. You're crushing. That's huge. Because again, think about what you built into your lineup with that. You have the stack that makes sense on the other side. And then you have all the plays that you want. And that's, again, the point when people are like, oh, all the chalk running backs hit. Yeah, but did you play them with, what's his name here at 3,500? Do you play him with Demir Bird in your stacks? Oh, it's a cash game line. Everyone's on Josh Herbert. Is everyone on on uh, Herbert with this guy running it back with with Bird? Probably not. Yeah, so, are, are people playing Herbert and Eckler together? Like, that's a decent, yeah. that's a decent way... Not that people aren't going to play Herbert and Eckler together, but far fewer people will play. Like if people are using Eckler, that basically crosses off Herbert from their list. Yeah, and I'm looking at Josh Allen saying Josh Herbert when I mean Justin. Yeah. But the point being, uh, Josh Allen's at the top of my list for the reason we talked about off the top of the show. But yeah, that that is a, a way where, like I'm saying, you see a stack hit that everyone's like, oh, that was a common stack like Tua last week. But then did everyone play it the way that, that, that it ended up working out? No. So that's where I'm okay with it. You don't just have to get crazy and off the board. But the T-Law... The, the Burrows, the ones that we, t- some of the ones, the Cousins, those ones still are pretty condensed. Uh, that's what I like about the slate for tournaments. Well, that's what, I like about, that's, that's what I like about Cousins. Yeah. And Washington's run defense has been amazing. So they're, if, yeah. if you throw on them, you got a good chance. Yeah. You try to I, run I like on it. them, yeah, it's he, tough. He was in the upper list. He's not in the maybe, so he's definitely in my pool. So I, I think that's where I like this slate for that factor is that you have condensed offenses. Burrow, whether you like him or not, I don't care. I'm just saying it's not like it's hard to build Burrow stacks. Trevor Lawrence, we talked about. They're not hard to build, and there's ways to do it. One we didn't talk about, I I guess there's at least some love out there on this situation because we should talk about this game. It's Tua. I was going to say, I have Tua and uh, Fields. And Fields. So this is the interesting part because— But but here's here's the tough part about this game. The Tua side is easy because you talk about condensed offenses. They have the most condensed offense in the NFL. (laughs) You know who to— Like, if you're playing Tua, you just— almost automatically just have to put Hill and Waddle in with them. They're the only guys who do anything. But the other side becomes tougher, mainly because of this Claypool thing. How involved, Claypool, is he going to play? Yes, seems to be the answer. How involved is he going to be? I don't know. Yeah. And Fields hits his ceiling by running. So how much do you really want to put with him? And if you do that, do you then use like Mostert instead of Hill? Like, I feel, and I don't feel good about Miami in this game anyway. So. Is it cheap enough though to run? Again, we talk about this all the time. You don't need to double stack a guy like Fields, but in these large fields, should you? Because sometimes it gets there. It's definitely, I think Claypool is like 4,700. What if you just run Fields, Mooney, Claypool, run it back with Tyreek? I just, I have a feeling Claypool is going to play like 10 snaps. I don't think so. Every time that we see these receivers... Why would he play no snaps? Because the receivers go to the other team. They don't know the playbook. Who gives a shit? Because they do. Like when when Robbie Anderson went to... Their team is so bad, though, that why would you not just plug this guy in and and build a a few plays for him that, again, that can get him there as well? Or maybe the red zone packages and he gets two touchdowns. Sure, maybe that's the case. And listen, Fields loves bombing it, and there's no one better to go like, hey, let's go play... Try it out. Let's play 500 (laughs) up here with Chase Claypool. Yeah. I completely understand that. I just think that his snap share is going to be very low for his first game. And the reason that you wouldn't have him out there as much outside of like very designed things for him is that now that you've introduced a scenario with the Bears offense where Fields is actually having designed runs, which he didn't at the beginning of the year. It would just be pure scrambling. They're doing specific plays to get Fields into open space, designed runs for him, RPOs. If you miss a blocking assignment on that, you get your quarterback hurt. 
yeah. if you don't, if you're not up to speed with all these blocking assignments, which you might not be within the course of a week, that's why he wouldn't be on the field. I agree to an extent there, of course. Like I said, I just feel like because the Bears, anything goes. But the other side of the coin is this is the same deal here. He's super cheap, Fields. Mooney is cheap. Maybe a guy being on the field helps Mooney a little bit more. Like we talked about some of these situations. Sure. Not going to put them in that bucket, but to say if there's an opportunity, that you don't need to double stack Fields. So why not just Fields, Mooney, Tyreek, done. Cheap. Easy, you know what's getting there. And you can go the other side. You can go Tua, Tyreek, Waddle, Mooney. If you want to put your trust in Mooney and just say maybe the Claypool limited snaps still allow some opportunity for Mooney to break one or get there. Mooney's still been okay, man. Like he's not a good, he's not a great fantasy receiver yet, yet thus far this season, but I'm saying at least he does something. And now maybe this opens up a little bit more. And if you're not going to do it, that means others aren't going to do it. That opens up an opportunity in this game because what Tua, Waddle, and Tyreek have been doing has been slate-breaking and worthy of getting after. So why not try it? And you don't need to run it back. Again, it's the Bears. You also don't need to run it back if you just want to go that side. But people have been mentioning Fields, so I assume they're going Mooney and Tyreek. I really worry about this Miami offense at Soldier Field, which has horrible turf. Yeah. It just... It, it doesn't seem conducive for what they want to do offensively. Like, their speed is, like, put them inside against Detroit. They're just going to run laps around everyone. They have their field manicured for what is going, like, what they need to do. It's like playing in Pittsburgh. It's like, this is just a slop field. Like, it's no matter, I'm not even talking about conditions because I have no idea what the conditions are going to be. They seem fine uh, in the game, but I don't know. It's never easy either, and that's why I said, too, I, I really would have actually liked the, the Mostert spot a lot more if they didn't go get Jeff Wilson. With Edmonds being out, it would have been a prime example of what we talked about earlier, where you get a guy with a good matchup that nobody wants to go to that doesn't have guys behind him, but now he does. But same thing, you okay, so you talked about it with Claypool on the other side. How much does Jeff Wilson come into Miami and is needed and play in the first game? So I think that he'll get a little bit more run, but I, I, I'd say 30% of the snap, something like that. So I think Mostert's fine. Yeah. Like, I, I'm fine with Mostert because the difference being Jeff Wilson is coming into an offense that he knows. Right. It's yeah. not just completely brand new and coming in as a running back, a little bit easier than coming in as a receiver. Oh yeah. I mean, exactly. It's just, you know, a much different thing from playbook perspective of what they really need to do. Like it's, if you're running downhill on this play, you're running downhill on this play. It's that simple. You've been doing it your whole life. Why not do it again? But if there's a chance that he just plays less snaps and still opens it up, Maybe there is a spot here and with other guys missing. And if you don't think they're going to be able to get it through the air as much, this is a good matchup against Chicago. We just saw what Pollard did, not saying Mostert's Pollard, just saying the op- if the opportunities are given, we could see it where he bounces back and we have that flop leg and no one's going to him this week. I was thinking Bears D. That, that might they? be the exposure I want in this game if I'm saving a defense. Because I don't want to use the Jets. Although I, I don't think it's a horrible spot. For them, especially special teams wise, you get punting to Barrios if the Bills ever have to punt. But I do think that they're going to limit what Buffalo is going to be able to do. But I don't know if that means turnovers. I think that just might mean 10 play drives that result in field goals, which is not good for a fantasy defense either because they're not doing anything. They're a potential pivot for sure, just because you've got Panthers, Commanders, and Seahawks all at that same price range that people are going to. So you, you could definitely go there. I just. Again, like I said, it depends what you like in this game. I, I think I'm going to end up playing some Mostert, not like a core player, a top priority for me, but I just think it's hard for me to get away from it. And also you could play the opposite D, what we just talked about there. You can play Miami D against Fields. It's worked all season. It, it, if I was going to find the money to pay up for Miami's D, I'd find the money to pay up for the Bills D. Yeah, they're, they're very expensive, 38 They are, but I don't think they're going to be very popular. Like obviously at that price point, they're not going to be very popular, but they're a defense you can use with – 
that Justin Herbert sack if you wanted to. Yeah, and the other payup options don't stand out very much, like Bengals against Carolina. Nah. Patriots against Indy, I think, is quite good, but I'd rather the Bills. Yeah, Patriots versus Indy is good, I like, think. We haven't talked about that game at all. Do you have going back to Ellinger? No. No, but that's funny. I thought you'd bring that up, and I'm glad you did because... Hey, listen, I got beat. I played a head-to-head versus Al Smith, and I had Tua, Waddle, and Tyreek, and he beat me with Ellinger. I was just going to say, and people <laughs> that look at it, you can say what you want, but go find it. He had eight points. Not good. But there was a lot of lineups with like 240 with them that yeah, had all those ceiling they, pieces. Al played Kamara and Henry against me. <laughs> right, but that's what allowed you to fit it. And if he had a got, I know it's if, 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 whatever, but if he gets 16, 17, there's actually a real chance that other lineups were moving up the, the chain and, and winning Millie Makers and stuff like that with it as well. So it's just the way it always shakes out. It's tough to say, but that's why you play a $4,000 quarterback in some lineups because it allows you to fit all those pieces. And when they all hit their ceiling, like everybody did last week, Camara, we didn't uh, like, uh, sorry, CMC and Henry both crushed too. And yeah, so someone got on us. I, I saw someone like tweeting at me. It's like, you guys said that McCaffrey wasn't a good play. It's not that we didn't say he was a good play. It was too expensive for everything else that was on the slate, which proved to be true. You yeah. Did, and, you and didn't need McCaffrey. So you got to follow the content too as you go along, do the free show on Sunday. He actually was my, ended up being my pick of the oh, slate. Really? On that, well, because like when you looked at it, what ended up happening was with the injuries, the guys being out, and all that stuff. It actually looked like they were going to need him more. And with Juzacek out, Kyle Juice out, they had. Kittle probably into block more and people were loving Kittle for whatever reason. I was like, why not just go to this guy? And I didn't play a bunch of them because of that. I just said, I really do feel like he's going to have a breakout game. I did not expect a trifecta of that. I just thought it was interesting when everyone's playing other guys up there, but I had way more of those other dudes that were crushing. Like, it yeah, just, it, well, the, the, the whole point was he was the most expensive guy. Yeah. He was the highest scoring, but by two points. Yeah. And I, and I still had Henry, more Henry for 300 bucks less. Camara, I love that. Camara Foreman, was cheap. Pollard. Foreman, Pollard. All, it was just too tough to get to him. But I said, I do love him as that reasoning if you wanted to get to him and like your single entries and stuff like that down the stretch. And it, again, didn't end up being needed because you got there in so many other ways and spots. So I think that's, I mean, I don't really even want to talk. I think this Rams bucks game is like 20 to three for the bucks. Yeah. I don't see a lot with that one. Uh, cup, is, trying... cup is hurt. Yeah. We, we he, talked about the he's legit side. hurt. If there was ever a week to use cup at like zero ownership, this might be the week, but he is the only guy on their offense who does anything. And now he's hurt. How are they going to score? Well, that's why Higby's getting the love, right? Because like, oh, even if Cup is in. He almost broke his neck last week if people (laughs) were watching that game. Yeah, I agree. I was trying to see if I had anything else here for that. I mean, Robinson has been getting a lot of red zone usage now. So Paul has uh, something to chime in. Who's out, Paul? No, I'm just just like the outsider's perspective here. How owned is D-Hop going to be? Very. I mean, he should be. He's the piece in that game. Obviously, look at what he's been doing since he's come back. So people are definitely getting there, even if it is on a secondary. Like you said, people can just roll Kenneth Walker and Hopkins and take the PPR and scoring from both sides. Uh, Hopkins currently projected at 12% ownership. That's not chalk. No, it's not. He's like the sixth highest owned one, but he does rate out to be the in optimal lineups. He's the second highest receiver behind T. Higgins. For what he's been doing, he seems like underpriced. Yeah, I know. I, I agree. But I mean, he's up to 7900 bucks. I know. But like, like, Diggs is, like Diggs is 84. Still pretty he's like fair. still fifth or sixth in pricing. And he's like, he's getting 13, 14 targets a game. The other thing is, too, to your point earlier, Pat, when you talked about the Josh Allen situation, if it is, let's say Sauce is on Diggs and, and they do whatever to shut him down. I, I think they go Sauce on Davis, double 
That's what I was going to say. But let's say if you think that, it doesn't really matter. If you, The D is going to wrap them up some. And like you say, most will look at it and go, only 500 bucks more. I can get the starting guy with Josh Allen against the Jets, blah, blah, blah. But the point being, one guy is picking up all the targets. The matchup against Seattle is not scary. And he might just pick it up on PPR points alone. Like 10 catches, 120 yards. Even if he doesn't get in the box, pretty good score for, for that price. So that one's good. Um the targets in Detroit, we talked about that game, but with Hawkinson gone, that's why we kind of like that. I so. think I like that game as a mini stack better, like just a one and one. Like, what do you want to play? I, I want to hear about the Swift news because Swift isn't one hundred percent. He'll probably end up playing. I wouldn't hate Jamal Williams. Oh God, I, I know, but he's going to lead that backfield. He's going to get the goal line touches. Swift doesn't look good, and this. Packers run defense is atrocious. So yeah. you play like Lazard and Jamal Williams. If Swift is in though, to me, you can't do it. And people say, oh, but he just scored two touchdowns again. He's leading the league. I think he's tied for the lead in touchdowns. Doesn't do it on DraftKings. He could score two touchdowns. Yeah, he doesn't, doesn't get the overall volume. You need, no, we need 30 points from guys, and that doesn't get you Well, yeah, it would be like if we could figure out between Herbert and Montgomery. If there's just one of those guys, they'd be the highest owned guy this week. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, that's the other challenge I have is Jamal Williams doesn't really get that opportunity. Like, at least with Montgomery and Herbert is more similar to me as Chubb and Hunt, where, yeah, they're still splitting some snaps at some points, but Chubb can go off and get you the 100 yards on the ground and the two touchdowns. You, you're disagreeing? That's impossible to disagree. I, I, Look I, I disagree on comparing them to Chubb and Hunt because the Chubb, Chubb is the primary ball handler in that offense. Right. Hunt gets his work, but there's a very clear 1 and 1A. Like the one, like it's one and two. Hunt, yeah. Hunt is two. But the difference in Chicago is that can switch game to game. We don't know between, it's usually Montgomery is the start, but now we've seen Herbert play yeah. more snaps. Like we also had an injury but, happen but, there but too. There is, so. But there is also the Fields element of it. Brissett doesn't really run. Fields right. does run and he will steal touchdowns from you. Whereas Brissett just likely won't. Yeah, excluding quarterback, though, to me, it's a lot closer than you think. Because sure, I sure, think, but like that's said, a part that's, of it, That's it, definitely it, an issue. But it's also the part against, like, Singletary as well. Like, Josh Allen's going to score two touchdowns. Or Miles Sanders, because Hurts is going to But gonna then run let's include in. quarterback, to your point there. Goff is definitely not running shit in. No, exactly. And so you got those two there. But to me, those are not Chubb and Hunt at all. It's You know what I mean? J- J- Williams is going to get brought in if they get to the three-yard line and jam the touchdown. So he gets you three touchdowns, you get your 18 points. I honestly don't know if that's enough. Okay. That's my issue with them, so, where people play him. Go ahead. But if Swift is in, I'm not playing him. So Mitchell and Lazard. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Do do that. I, I think there's other... I mean, I don't hate what you're saying about the secondary stack in that game. That's why I asked you. But I think like Tunyon Amon Ra is fine, where you're not playing the running back in I, Green Bay. I don't want to use Tunyon. Oh, see, I would. I think it's a good spot. I, I, with Lazard back, I think I would just... I like Lazard a lot more. I do too, but that's why the stack has become popular because now people are going with... You can go with Aaron Rodgers, Tunyon... And Lazard, it's not super popular like the chalk. I'm just saying that's why people are talking about it because it's stackable. That's where you can go with it. Let's talk about cheap tight ends then. If you yeah, like, let, let's if, do that. If, if you like some. Big Bobby T, I think like, there are a lot here. The weird thing is, like when you look at the ownership, Ertz way down, Hawkinson 1% at yeah. $5,000. I'm, I'm only playing them in stacks, but I am playing Cousin stacks, so I will be playing. I'll be overweight on Hawkinson because I'll be playing the Cousin stacks and he'll be in them. Gasecki, 2%. Yeah. Okay. Then you have Tunyon, Higby, and Hurst all over 10%. Knox and Ingram both at 8%. Then you have this like weird little area. What if Darren Waller is back? You can use him in that game stack if you want it. We didn't talk about Carr. We talked about the other side. Ugh. But I, I'm not interested either. But I'm just saying I could see where if you wanted to go Carr, Adams, Waller, run it back with Kirk or something or use, use uh, ETN that way. 
instead. Like, I get it. I'm not going to fault you for it. It's not ideal for me. I I don't love it. But even still, if Waller's back, I'm just not too interested. I was surprised Conklin's ownership is still sub 5% at $3,200 based on what we saw last week. Yeah, I heard uh, your boy, I think it was Al Smizzle. I've been watching some Al Smizzle this week. Big T was on the show. You were on there before. And he. I think he called him. When are you going to get on? I I should get on hopefully soon, man. I'd love to get in the cage. Maybe you can get the win. I did not. I don't know. Well, Big T does not look like he's going to get the win this week. Well, he built team. his lineup like I built my lineup last yeah, week. I feel, I mean, it could happen, but I don't know. I, I should grill him a little more on that. But the, um, he called him Gronklin. I like that one. I like the first name, obviously, Tyler, Tyler Conklin. But Gronklin? Guy, man, I don't, this is my point. Like we always talk about, Pat, the price didn't really change. He's cheap. The matchup, like it's going to suck. Like they're just dink and dunking the whole time. But why couldn't it be him? They still don't have guys in the backfield. Like we talked about Carter, but I just don't see it. And he doesn't need 25 points again at 3,200. No, he needs 15. He can get you 12 to 15 and maybe come through. It depends what happens at tight end, but I'm just saying it makes sense. Here's the sneaky thing about Conklin. Horrible blocker. They're not asking him to block. He's they running, yeah, he, he's running run routes. those routes. Exactly. <laughs> that, that's what I like. It sounds like a little bit about that with the Mitchell guy as well. Again, I would prefer Brock Wright to be in. Everyone think he's the guy and then play Mitchell, but I'll play him either It's way. not like anyone's going to use Mitchell just because Brock anyway, Wright is out. No, exactly. But I just was hoping that because if Brock Wright was in, people liked him as the min-price tight end because he's 2,500 and they don't have Hawkinson anymore. I like the other guy. I don't think he blocks at all. That was the thing with uh, Quentin Tarantino's son last night. <laughs> he did not... You looked up his thing and every college report on him coming out, he was a fifth-round pick, ran like a 4 seven forty or something. It was decent. I was like, okay... They look, you look him up, they're like, biggest con. He cannot block. He is a route-running tight end. That's what we want in, in fantasy, especially in showdown. So it wasn't like it was guaranteed to get there, but why not take some shots? The point being here, we've got other guys that you can use. I like that call. Uh, other guys I had marked, so I think Knox, because of Allen, will get a little bit popular. He's 3,500. He can actually score touchdowns. Got to assume that to be the case. What about... Um, who else did I have here? I'm trying to find. I, I have oh, the, the Tampa Bay situation. I, if Brait doesn't play, I like Otten a lot. I like that too. I had that one here, so we're good on that one. Uh, let's see here. Routes, route percentage. So routes per snaps from last week. Here are the leaders. At 73%, Foster Moreau was the leader in routes per drop back. So we could, I should have, I didn't think about that. And you just remind me not to cut you off. But if Waller was out, I would have interest there again, even if it's in a secondary stack. What if you just run ETN and Moreau? And Moreau? It worked last week, by the way, a little bit with Moreau and Camara. It didn't crush with Moreau. I think he only got like twelve, but he was thirty one hundred dollars. But it made sense to get into your lineup. And some people wonder how like that's how you get to a guy like Camara in more lineups if you build that in as a secondary stack. Go ahead, sorry. Cade Otten was second. Sixty six percent of routes run per snap. Ertz, Hawkinson, Goddard, Tyler Conklin. Then you had Kittle, Dulwich, Fryermith, all those guys are on by, Evan Ingram, Tanner Hudson, Isaiah Likely, Kyle Pitts, Cole Komet. We didn't talk about Komet at all as part of those field stacks. What if you just use fields and Komet? <laughs> yeah. I-, I won't, but people yeah. might. They probably won't, or maybe they should, to your point. Yeah. If you want to avoid the Claypool-Mooney situation and just get a secondary stack, it's like last night with Hertz, a mobile quarterback with Goddard. Why not just use fields with Komet? Use your tight end spot up that way. Get Tyreek in in a unique way. No one's doing it. You can now plug in whatever you want into your lineup. So those were routes per snaps, routes per drop back amongst tight ends last week. Moreau, Ertz, Otten, Kittle, Ingram. So Kittle wasn't even really blocking all that much. He was actually running a ton of routes, but still, out. still didn't do anything. Yeah, I thought he might block more based on the fact they, they were missing guys, but yeah, that's good. But yeah, Con- who, who was some of the overlap there? Conklin? 
Uh, now, Conklin's a bit lower in that circumstance, but he's still inside the top 10. Komet goes up a little bit. He's just not asked to block really ever. Right. Uh, about 30% of the time. But, like, Foster Moreau, they, they're like, you can't block. Just go, please run routes. Yeah. So that is actually more interesting. Same, we, same as Otten. Like, Otten is only out there to run routes. We waved. I, I waved it off at least earlier, and I like it a lot more. Because I, I did like that, and I forgot to mention it, but it was all because the Brayton News were waiting on it. So I said, we got to wait and see. But that's why I wanted to bring up the Tampa Bay situation because Otten and Moreau were two guys that stood out to me that were waiting on injury that I do like there. And they fit into secondary stacks or however you want to use them. But I'm just saying they're, de- they're definitely guys that make sense on this slate for their price. Let's see, rushing, worst rushing teams in the league, defensive, uh, that are currently on this slate. Green Bay and Detroit are the two worst after Houston, who have already played and got gashed on the ground. So Packers and Lions in the same game have the two worst run defenses in the league. The Bears, the Patriots. That's the Deion Jackson thing. What if Jonathan Taylor plays? Whew, that's even crazier. But then... I don't think I could do it just because there's too many other good plays. And you got to think, too, what Bill's going to do, what he always does. That's definitely their number one. If he plays, just clamp his ass down and make Ellinger throw. Why wouldn't you? Deion Jackson over under 40 targets if it's just him. God, I hope... If it's just him, he's definitely a good value. A good value. They're going to try and make him throw, but guess what? He can throw it much easier if he just throws to Deion Jackson three yards, five yards every single time, and that'll just rack up the PPR points. And Jackson has shown some bursts, man. If he can get free and find one, escape a tackle, slip one, whatever it might be, you could see him make moves, so I don't hate that at all. Best run defenses in the league that are on this slate. Washington is number one. They're number two overall, but on the slate, number one. The Rams, the Bills, the Colts, Carolina, and then the Jets in Miami. The Colts, Carolina... Interesting because Mixon is chalk, right? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I never play in Mixon. I don't find he actually does. And like, when was the last time that Joe Mixon was in, like the optimal build? That's the thing. He it continues to get talked up with all his usage, but he doesn't do anything. Continues to not happen. His usage is no different than Fournette, who also is like a bag of shit this it's year. It's starting to remind me of the Miles Sanders situation, where it's like, hey, oh, but when he just starts scoring touchdowns, and then he never scored touchdowns. Now again, he's starting to again this season, but. It's funny, that went on. I think it was, what was it, like 600 days without a touchdown from Miles Sanders that people were waiting for it to happen? It's like, one of these slates, Mixon's going to break the slate. Maybe it is this one, but funny enough, he's owned in that matchup that's not the greatest. And then on top of it, you have the opposite side with Foreman. Even if Hubbard's back, who knows how much he gets screwed. Look at Harris came back. Ramondre was still doing his thing. Like, it can happen in these shittier teams with these worse offenses where they just stick with the guy that's working. And... It's not like Foreman played 100% of the snaps last yeah. week. Blackshear played every passing down. And we watched what, like I said, Chubb did to them, that matchup. Like, I think they're, you got the numbers up. You can probably see they're beatable for sure on the ground. Oh, so, yeah. you know, that to oh, me yeah. is an interesting spot where you can go opposite and you can get in the same game, same situation, less money actually too. I think he's 700 bucks less. So pick up a few dollars to spend as well. All right. Final thoughts on the week. So all I got right now, maybe I'll just build two, two stacks out. Play 20 lineups, 10 and 10. See how we go from there. Kirk Cousins, Justin Herbert. Like both those. Th- those are the two that I've landed on. I, th- I think I got to get to T-Law. I got to play some, man. We've been trying to make it work all season. This and it hasn't worked. I know. Maybe but- we just, it, it's like I've, I cut my losses last week on Jacksonville. Like the, the stats say Jacksonville is really good. So I'm just going to bet Denver and see what happens. <laughs> oh, I have money again. Oh, I didn't lose it all. This is great. It's, it's all a timing thing, Pat. And what we've been waiting for is this perfect scenario. It's a good matchup. It's Etienne Chalk Week. Etienne, as you like to say, Chalk Week. This is the spot, man. Kirk, Ingram, T-Law. All right. Run it back. T-Law is a star next to his name here. 
He, he averages three and a half as DraftKings price. That's great. He looks like Steffi Graf. He does. It's crazy. <laughs> the lion's mane and the it looks like he got work done. Like this guy has really got to get up. But man, I don't know. I don't care what that happens as long as he makes me money. So let's try that out. Who are the three? I'm, I'm going to leave Zay on the wayside. Ingram and Kirk? It's Kirk and Ingram. Or do you, can you play with Etienne? You could, but don't do it. This We're doing it to leverage in this spot. You can do it. I'm going to do it in some. I'm saying but what I'm telling you, because you're playing your three max, in the three max, don't do it. It cost me last week. I should have just went with the stupid double stack and not played Mostert at 20%, even though his receivers and quarterback were owned too, and it cost me. I would add like 241.48, I think, was it? It was like two King of the Beach seats and 10 grand that I left on the table. So. Oh, sorry. You just pile up. Did you win any King of the Beach last night? I did not. Really? I didn't play. Oh, you didn't have that lineup I didn't have in. that lineup in That's it. That's fair. No. Yeah, my main lineup had a similar build, but it had Devontae Smith captain. Did Ew. not work. Did not but work. That two for 22 wasn't cutting it? It was not. <laughs> Unfortunate. That's okay. It happens. It's still a good night, like you said, so we'll move on. All right, that will do it on the Pat Mayo Experience. Week 9 DraftKings pick. Play in the Listener's League. You get your tidbits coming out on the weekend. I'll include those into the Saturday evening newsletter. You can subscribe to the newsletter for free down in the description. The Listener's League link is down there as well. Hammer HQ on YouTube. That link is down. There's tons of links down there for stuff that everyone should go check out. Runthesims.com slash mayo. And what is the code at RunPure right now? Yeah, RunPureSports.com. All sports, one price, promo what, code. When are you jacking up the price? What do you mean? Hey, everyone keeps wanting Everyone's All the subs have yeah. all this money. Oh, the best. Yeah. It's like five grand a year now. We should. We should do it. I'll talk to the, the powers above. But yeah, it's good. It's RPS Heater 25. It's on the monthly. I get a lot of DMs about this. We thought it didn't work. They want the one with the SaberSim. It's cheaper to do SaberSim package and not get the discount code because if you go buy Saber and this and you want them, it costs more. But if you want the monthly and just to try it out for a month, RPS Heater 25. And listen to Pat. I'm going to sell for him for a minute because he always does it himself anyway, but the link's below. If you're not in the listener league, crazy. It's no rake. You can't get better than that. <laughs> to me, you're lost. Use the three max strategy he's talking about. Put your 45 bucks in. You usually probably spend 50. Save the other five bucks, buy a burger. You can do that. <laughs> Secondly, the uh, run, run the Sims, using it for showdown is incredible. If you have the game, I used it on Monday night. And actually, that's why I'm glad I hit last night because I was pissed off on Monday night. I, p- I played using Run the Sims for the Cleveland win. I was like, they're 7-1 at home against Cincy. Everyone wants Cincy. They're down Jamar. I had so many good lineups that did not get there, but they were uniques. I had one that was just a, a, you know, not uniques, I shouldn't say that, but they were two-way chops and three-way chops. So you got to use that. And then what's the third thing you said? There was something else in your, in the, oh, the newsletter. If you're not on it, I'm in it, but I don't care about that. That's <laughs> awesome that you feature me. I appreciate it. But honestly, when it comes out on like Monday and you have the one by, the best thing is the team by team shit you saw. That's where you, I get my information from. I'm taking, I'm like learning from, okay, I forgot. I didn't think of that or I didn't know that. And you start to formulate ideas that then lead into other content. I'm doing content. Even if you're not, though you're playing, you'll get other ideas for building your lineups and you'll be able to put together the stuff we're talking about in a better way. So if you're watching the show, which you are, use the newsletter to be able to put that stuff together and find the extra pieces to build up the rest of your lineup. So thank you for all you do. I appreciate it. I know you sell it yourself enough, but honestly, that's some of the stuff you need to be doing and getting on board with. That is a pretty good SJ right there. A lot of SJs on the show this week. Good sell jobs come from Tambo, Sealy. They're all doing it. So hopefully it has worked and you go click on all of those links. Remember to smash the likes up to the channel and please rate and review the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast while you're here as well. Thank you for watching. See you next time. Pat Mayo Experience. Experience.